Forlock Forbach Reads. Produced by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library. Welcome to Warlock Vorbach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. Are you ready for some more malevolent meter and repugnant rhymes? Last podcast, we ventured into the metaphysical verses of John Donne where scorn lovers use curses and witchcraft to ensnare or threaten their partners. Not very nice when you think of it. Our poet this time is Robert Herrick, a relatively forgotten poet known for a massive book of poetry titled Hesperides, or the works both humane and divine which contained 1,400 poems and something very rare for that time, a table of contents. The exact date of Robert Herrick's birth is unknown, but he was baptized on August 24, 1591, right around the time John Donne could have been penning the poems we read last time. He was the fourth son of seven children by Nicholas and Julian Herrick. Nicholas fell from an upper-story window and died when Robert was young, a possible suicide. His mother never remarried. At age 16, Robert apprenticed with his uncle in the goldsmith trade, but left after six years of a ten-year contract. At 22, he marched articulated at St. John's College, Cambridge. The next several years are unknown, except that he took holy orders, was one of the few surviving members of an ill-fated attempt to liberate French Protestants on the Isle of Ray, and became a vicar in the rural and remote West Country, far from the London city life he grew up in. He remained a royalist despite residing in territory strongly sympathetic to Puritanism. Robert never married, and many scholars question if any of the 14 mistresses he addressed 158 poems to were even real. But note, mistress in the 17th century could imply lovers, but also just your lady acquaintances. He died in 1674 and is most famous for his Carpe Diem poem, To the Virgins to Make Much of Time, which begins, Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, O time is still a-flying, and this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. I wonder if Bob Dylan was thinking of this poem when he penned the lines, that he not busy being born is busy dying, in his song, It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. Now, a lot of Robert Herrick's poetry is very short, so I'll be reading four of his poems, The Spell, Oberon's Feast, The Hag, and a very occult-like Another to Bring in the Witch. Here are a couple of major things that happened in the year 1648 when Robert Herrick's only book was published. 
1648 was possibly the last year in which the overall human population declined in total. The Komelnitsky Uprising, a Cossack rebellion against the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth, begins in the Ukraine. During this insurgency, mass atrocities were committed against Jewish civilians. England's long parliament breaks off negotiations with King Charles I, setting up the second phase of the English Civil War. Spain recognizes the Dutch Republic as a sovereign state and ends the Eighty Years' War. The West Bank of Prague, including the Prague Castle, are occupied and looted by Swedish armies. Treaties are signed ending the Thirty Years' War. However, France will continue to fight Spain until 1659. Oliver Cromwell leads the new model army and expels a majority of the long parliament. The Bengali epic poem Padmavati is written. George Fox starts the Religious Society of Friends commonly referred to as Quakers. And Rembrandt produces beggars at the door and Rembrandt drawn at a window. And now for some poems by Robert Herrick. The Spell Holy water come and bring, cast in salt for seasoning, set the brush for sprinkling, Sacred spittle bring ye hither, meal and it now mixed together, and a little oil to either. Give the tapers here their light, ring the saint's bell, to affright far from hence the evil sprite. Oberon's Feast Shepcott to thee, the fairy state, I with discretion dedicate, because thou prizest things that are curious and unfamiliar. Take first the feast, these dishes gone will see the fairy court anon. A little mushroom table spread, after short prayers they set on bread, a moon-parched grain of purest wheat, with some small glittering grit to eat his choice bits with. Then, in a thrice, they make a feast less great than nice. But all this while his eye is served, we must not think his ear was stirred, but that there was in place to stir his spleen, the churin grasshopper, the merry cricket, pullin' fly, the pipe and net for minstrelsy. And now we must imagine first the elves present to quench his thirst. A pure seed pearl of infant dew brought and be sweetened in a blue and pregnant violet, which done, his kitlin eyes begin to run quite through the table where he spies the horns of papery butterflies of which he eats, and tastes a little of that we call the cuckoo spittle. A little fuzzball pudding stands by, yet not blessed by his hands. That was too coarse, 
But then forthwith he ventures boldly on the pith of sugared rush, And eats the sag and well-bestrutted bee's sweet bag, Gladdening his palate with some store of Emmet's eggs, What would he more? But beards of mice, a newt's stewed thigh, A bloated earwig and a fly, with the red-capped worm that shut within the concave of a nut, brown as his tooth, a little moth late fattened in a piece of cloth. With withered cherries, mandrake's ears, mo's eyes, to these the slain stag's tears, the unctuous dewlaps of a snail, the broke heart of a nightingale overcome in music. With a wine, never ravished from the flattering vine, But gently pressed from the soft side Of the most sweet and dainty bride, Brought in a dainty daisy, Which he fully quaffs up to bewitch his blood to height. This done, commended grace by his priest, The feast is ended. The Hag The hag is astride this night for to ride, The devil and she together. Through thick and through thin, now out and then in, Though near so foul be the weather. A thorn or a burr she takes for a spur, With a lash of a bramble she rides now. Through brakes and through briars, o'er ditches and mires, she follows the spirit that guides now. No beast for his food dares now range the wood, But hushed in his lair he lies lurking, While mischiefs by these, on land and on seas, At no one of night are a-working. The storm will arise and trouble the skies This night and more for the wonder. The ghost from the tomb affrighted shall come, Called out by the clap of the thunder. And finally, another to bring in the witch. To house the hag you must do this, Commix with meal a little piss of him bewitched, Then forthwith make a little wafer or a cake, And this rawly baked will bring the old hag in. No sure thing. Thank you very much for listening. Don't get bewitched by that last poem now. Things are about to get hot, abyssally hot, as Satan enters the picture on our next podcast. Till next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Vorbach Vorbach Reads. Subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss future episodes. And discover more of our podcasts at cincinnatilibrary.org slash podcasts.